0: Hello, welcome back to another segment of Mind Your Business. Earlier we spoke with Dr. Rowe about minorities in nonprofits, and now we're going to be speaking to Kim Kinney, who is the creator of Eat, Energize, Abide, and Transform. Kim Kinney is a wife mom to four grown kids and a mama to three little ones with three more on the way. When the grandkids started coming, Kim decided it was time to do something about her weight and ailing health. On her quest to improve her life, she found health coaching, which has changed her life. She is now a certified health and life coach and has lost 86 pounds on her own journey. God has inspired her to help as many women as she can learn as she can to learn how to ditch the diet mentality and eat, energize, abide, and transform so they can lose weight and reclaim their abundant life. So today we are going to be talking to Kim and she's going to be giving us some great information on how we can eat to lose weight. So now we would like to welcome Kim Kinney. Hey, there
1: we go. <laughs> hey,
0: how are hey you? There you are. Good, I'm good. How are you? Hi. So go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. I made a little introduction, but go ahead and who you are and why you started this journey and how it's impacted your life. Well, um,
1: at 55 years old, I still haven't lost baby weight. (laughs) So that was kind of, it's been a very long, long journey. Um, A lot of people do yo-yo dieting, but mine, I would lose a little bit, but really it just kept steadily increasing, increasing, increasing over the years. I had a lot of stress in my life and that contributed to it and not really having a good mindset, not understanding why I ate the foods I ate and just constantly reaching for the junk food whenever there were emotions going on. Um, so then my stress started to take over. I started to get sick. Um, within the space of three months, I had to go on medical leave. I had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, uh, was diagnosed with type two diabetes, fibromyalgia, depression, anxiety, um, osteoarthritis, uh, irritable bowel, fatty liver, to name a few. <laughs> and I, I had to go on uh, medical leave. My cortisol levels were just through the roof. Um, and I, I was at the point where I couldn't even concentrate at work anymore. And for me at work, um, that was the place where I always shone. Um, mm. Even if things were struggling at home, I did well at work because I was good at my job. So when I started to make mistakes and I was forgetting things, it was really weighing heavy on me. And, um, I went to my counselor and my doctor and they said, if you don't take some time off, you're going to end up in the hospital. So I went on medical leave and you would think at that point that that would be enough motivation. All these things I was diagnosed with, you would think That would be enough motivation to lose the weight. But like I said before, I didn't have a good mindset around food and food was my comfort. So I continued to eat until two years later. I was at my highest ever. I'm only five feet tall and I weighed at that point, 330 pounds. Wow. And, um, we thought I had pneumonia. I went to the doctor or to the hospital. Um, and they said, Oh, yeah, you've got double pneumonia sent me home with antibiotics. Two nights later, my husband came home from work. And he said something's not right. Like my breathing was very staggered. And I said, it'll be okay. I'll just wait till tomorrow morning. And he said, No, I'm taking you now. So he took me up to the hospital. And they said, had he waited till the morning, they would have had to intubate me. My oxygen levels were at 60%. So they put me on BiPAP and so that I could breathe. Like I didn't even have to wait in the waiting room. Like I directly went in and and they got me all hooked up to machines. And I was in the ICU for eight days. It turned out I had an interstitial lung disease. They don't really know what causes it and it goes away and it may never come back or it may come back. We don't know. Um, so then they had put me on high doses of prednisone, which then causes you to gain weight and your blood sugar to go out of whack, which already was. So uh, it was quite the roller coaster in the hospital. And eight days is a long time to be there, kind of not knowing what's going on. So I went home and was on, like I said, very high doses of prednisone. Uh, they had a nutritionist or dietitian come and talk to me. And because um the prednisone raises your blood sugar, I had to take insulin, which I hadn't had to take insulin before. So I knew that I needed to smarten out. And plus, so that was in February and the same year my grand my first grandchild was due. And I thought I can't I can't be part of my grandkids' life if I'm at everybody's mercy. Being in the hospital was so horrible because I couldn't get out of bed. And being so heavy, it would take four of them to move me from one bed to another. And just being at the mercy of the staff, like I just couldn't do anything for myself, was horrible. And I thought, I love to serve people. That's, that's what brings me joy. And for me to think, the people I love are now going to have to look after me. It was a scary thought. Yeah. So I started on my journey to lose weight. Um, when the dietitian met with me, she had me eating every, I think, every two to three hours, which seemed like a lot at the time. But because I I hadn't been eating well, so I would like eat a big meal and then I would go for hours before I would eat again because I was trying to lose weight. And then hours would go by and then I would get so I was really, really hungry and I'd start to get shaky and irritable and moody and I'd be trying to cook and I'd be shaking and, and not being well as it was. Oftentimes we were getting takeout. So I started eating every two to three hours, just small amounts of food. And I stopped, tried as much as possible to stop eating the processed food. Mm -hmm. And I was able to lose 30 pounds. So I thought, gee, this is kind of easy. It's, It's not as difficult as what I've always made it out to be. But then my husband had a heart attack the same year. So he was off work. So then the two of us started comforting ourselves with food. So it was starting to creep up again. Um, the following year or two years after that, I threw out my knee because I hadn't lost enough weight. I was still around 300 pounds. I was going into Starbucks to get something that I shouldn't be eating. And my knee had already been bothering me to the point where I was using a cane. And if I was using a cane, you knew it was really bad because I'm very, I didn't want anybody to say, Oh, look at the fat girl. And she would, lose weight, she wouldn't need the cane. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I was using it, you knew it was bad. So I got out of the car and I went to step on the curb and I I oh this excruciating pain. And I felt kind of a pop at the back of my knee. And there was a guy that was holding the door for me and he could see by my face that I'd hurt myself. And he's like Oh my gosh are you okay and i'm trying to be proud yeah i'll be fine i'll be fine and i managed to get in the door and i sat down at the very first table and the staff there could see that something wasn't right and they already had my food in the bag so i thought i'll just sit here and eat this food and drink my latte and we'll uh maybe the the knee will be okay i'll be able to get to the car so i was there for about half an hour And I knew it wasn't getting better. So I was going to try and proudly hobble to the car. And a student came and helped me, like the, you know, the vision of the little old lady being helped across the street. Mm -hmm. That's what I felt like. So I drove myself to the hospital because being the the servant that I am, I had to pick my husband up from work later on. And I thought, I can't get an ambulance because I gotta go pick him up later. So I drove to the hospital but knew I couldn't walk. (laughs) So I just sat out in front of the emergency department until somebody came out and told me to move my car. And then I said, I can't walk. So she brought a wheelchair out and wheeled me in and I had tore the meniscus in my knee. So I was on crutches. It's really hard when you're that heavy to boost yourself with crutches. So it was snowing outside and I come outside and there's a little bit of an incline and I'm thinking, I've never used crutches before. How am I going to get, and they wheel you to the door and then said, okay, good luck. (laughs) And I'm like, great. So I'm trying to like shimmy sideways down and some people came over and said, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Let us help you. And so they helped me, they went and got a wheelchair and they wheeled me to the car and wanted to know if I was gonna be okay. Um, So I picked up my husband and we got home and there was five steps to get upstairs, which was horrible. I'm crying and crying and because I'm only five feet tall, I sat down on the steps and I thought, I'll just kind of bum my way up, (laughs) but I'm too short and I couldn't get up to the next step. (laughs) So I had to use the crutches to get up there. I stayed in the house for quite a few days until I was feeling a little more confident and go back to using the cane. Now, here's a really cool thing. People that I know that have tore the meniscus in their knee, they have been um, uh, disabled. They've had to use a cane or crutches for a very, very long time. So I was using the cane for a couple months, and we were at church one Sunday. And this guy that I hadn't met before came up to me. And he said, I see you're using a cane. Do you mind if I ask you what for? So I told him and he said, do you mind if I pray with you? And I'm like, okay. Now I believe that God heals people, but I believe that God heals other people. And for some reason, didn't believe it for me. So we sit down and he's, he's touching my knee. My husband was with me, so it was okay. And he's praying over it and he says can you feel that and I I'm like no he says I can feel heat oh, okay. and I said yeah I, I'm not feeling anything And he says is the knee feeling any better I said no and he looked a little confused and he said well I don't know I I just feel something there so I said thank you he left we went home and a little while later we were watching TV and I got up to go do something and I thought, Oh, my knee's not hurting. (laughs) And by the next day I didn't have the horrible pain. I mean, it's still sore once in a while and gives me a little bit of trouble, but it it had only been a couple of months and I wasn't using the cane anymore. I was getting around and I, I, I said to my family, I think God healed me. And they're like, what are you talking about, mom? Of course they heal, he healed you. Like your knee is fine now. Of course he healed you. And it was really difficult for me to accept that. So that was, that was a great miracle. Um, mm-hmm. And I believe that he has led me to this point with all the things that have happened in my life. He's led me to this point where now... Through all the things I've been through, I'm able to help so many other women. And I mean, I've had I've had abuse in my life, I've had a bad marriage, um, just so many things happen to me. But when women come to me and they say, you know, but this happened, this happened, this happened, then I can say, Yeah, you know what, it happened to me too. So even though you don't wish the past on yourself it you know that god really had a purpose
0: for it which is for me to now yes you know thank you so much for sharing that story because i know that there are so many women out there that have that same story because in reality we all have a story but Mm -hmm. again you said abuse a bad marriage just anxiety these different things we all encounter at some point. Now, some of us encounter those things because we are chosen to do something with that pain. And Mm -hmm. so a friend told me one time, what happens to you happens for you so that you can help someone else. And so sometimes we are stronger vessels And God will place us in positions that he knows that he has created us for to be able to show someone else because he knows that you're brave and he knows that you're strong and he knows that you will be obedient and do what he says. But sometimes he has to put us in a position to get our full undivided attention. (laughs) You know, and, and sometimes it's like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I have to go through all of this. But if you endure and you go through the process, When you come through it, you know, um, our Sunday school lesson last week talked about God's intentions and he's intentional and that everything he does is for a purpose. And so when we look at that, it's like everything that's happening, it may not look like how we want it to look. It may not Mm -hmm. seem like, oh, you know, like we're just getting a a raw deal and and this is just bad. Everything's stacked against us. But once everything comes to pass, it all works out in God's time and then we are made better for it. And so I've got so many questions for you. (laughs) And I know a lot of people probably want to understand. But I had a friend one time that said that she loved food. She's like, I absolutely love food. I think I'm addicted to it. And you know, I had a weight problem most of my life when I was growing up. But again, you know, you and I talked about that. But I didn't let it affect me. But I never Mm -hmm. knew that food was the actual issue because I didn't eat a lot. I didn't love food. I wasn't somebody that just had to eat bags of potato chips or candy or donuts or anything like that. I ate dinner and that was it. And I didn't eat properly though. I did. I like fruits and vegetables, but I ate one meal mainly a day. And so I didn't eat breakfast. I didn't eat lunch. I would eat one time and then that would be it. I drank a lot of water. I think that's what helped. But other than that, I didn't eat properly and eat a lot. And so like you said, you were eating two or three times every so many hours, which helped you to lose the weight. And so people Mm -hmm. probably think that eating less means that it's going to be more effective. But actually, what you're saying is eating more. But before you answer that, I want to get an understanding of what led you to having food as your comfort? Was it the food that comforted you or was it something else that was going on that led you to choose the food as your comfort? Or like my friend, did you just love food? Part of it was I love food,
1: but I associated um, the comfort of food with love because when I was a kid, we would go for a drive and then we'd stop and pick up some KFC and go eat in a park or we'd go get some munchies and go eat somewhere or we'd go to the drive-in and get a bunch of munchies and that was just I associated the fun times with food okay and we didn't get that a whole lot as kids because we just it wasn't People didn't eat that junk food as much as they do now. It wasn't as easily available and it was way more expensive then. So um, when I moved out on my own, then I lived across the street from a convenience store. And I thought, I can eat this food whenever I want and nobody can tell me no. So it was nothing for me to sneak across the street. Well, I wasn't sneaking because I didn't live with anybody at the time but I would go across the street and I would bring it home and I would eat it because nobody could see. Um, And so I think looking at it, and I've done a lot of work on this over the last year, but looking at it, I'm realizing that I equated the food with people loving me. And I did it to my kids when, when their dad would, be working late or was out then i'd say oh let's have a munchy night and Mm -hmm. we'd sit and we'd have ice cream and chips and candy and junk food and my daughters and i would get in the car and we'd think okay i have four kids two boys two girls so the girls were the youngest and we'd go okay it's just us girls what are we going to eat and it just became then became a habit And it became a habit that when something was bothering me, I automatically reached for the chips and I would find that I would finish the whole bag and I wouldn't even have remembered eating most of it. So I think as time went on,
0: then it just was something I had conditioned myself to. Mm -hmm. And there really wasn't any comfort to it. Yeah. And like you said, it becomes a habit and now you're yeah. used to it and it's easy to start a habit because before, you know, it's taken over, but mm-hmm. it's hard to break that habit. And so now just explain to us how eating more when when food is your comforter and it helps you to feel comforted. And now you're at a position where you eat, you need to eat more of food that no longer comforts you. How did that work? <laughs> well,
1: yeah, so when you start eating whole foods, so whole foods being something that at one point was either breathing or growing, um, and following like the USD food guide or the Canada's food guide, um, you have a foods list. If you start eating from those food groups, then what you find is you start craving, or you you don't crave those other foods. As much because when you starve yourself then your body it's, it's like an addict when if you've gone so long without that drug you will do anything to get that drug and it's the same thing when we've gone too long without food then our body says okay you need food and you need it now and so you're going to crave whatever is going to bring your blood sugar levels back up and whatever's going to bring it up very quickly. Yeah. And so that's, that's what happens. We yeah. go hungry for too long. Our, and, and if you don't eat regularly, your body kind of goes into a starvation mode. So your body knows, okay, I don't know how long it's going to be before she feeds me again. So let's take this food and put it into fat stores, Mm -hmm. just in case we go starving again. And so your body is conditioned to constantly putting that food into fat stores to save it just in case. So it takes a while for your body to get used to, to be able to trust you. Mm -hmm. So that's part of eating more regularly, more frequently, but eating the healthy foods, then your body begins to trust you. Your hormones start to balance out. And once your hormones balance out, then you're not craving all that junk food like you were before. Yeah. And I hear all the time.
0: Yeah. You know, it's it's great that you said that the food is an addiction like a drug. And a lot of times people don't look at that as an addiction. And it is. And anything that you overconsume or overdo, it, it can be anything can lead to an addiction and it can lead to distress in your body. And so I wanna talk about, you know, the the effect that this addiction put on your body because we don't understand that when we distress our body, that's what causes the disease. And watching, I've watched the biggest loser. And mm-hmm. a lot of times when the people started to lose the weight, the high blood pressure would go down, the diabetes would go away, you know, their sugar levels would be better. And it was all because of losing the weight. And a lot of times we just think that, oh, I've I've got these diseases because of this or that or it's inherent, but at the same time, depending on what we've conditioned our bodies to attract, this is what we take on. And so, you know, help us to understand how the food and the mind affect one another.
1: Yeah, well, I want to talk to you just quickly about the medication. Okay. Because over the last year, I've been able to wean off all the meds that I was on because I'm eating healthy. And the food is meant to give our bodies nutrition. It's meant to Mm -hmm. fuel us. So when you're choosing better foods, then it's like putting the high premium gas or a junky gas that maybe has a little bit of water in it Mm -hmm. if you have the the junky gas with water in it your car's not going to run so if you put the good gas in your car's going to run and it's the same for us when we start feeding ourselves all that good healthy food our body runs better and then it's able to heal itself sugar is so bad that is and sugars in all the processed food it is horrible and I'm not saying that I never eat sugar. I still enjoy it once in a while, but it's not in my everyday diet like it used to be. Um, so you said about the mindset and the food. Yeah. Yeah. When you start, uh, first thing I do with my clients is I get them to find out their the reason why they want to lose weight. And oftentimes it's something like, Oh, I just want to feel good in my clothes or, you know, it's just kind of a superficial why, but that's not enough to keep you motivated. Mm-hmm. So I encourage them to keep digging deeper and deeper and keep asking themselves, okay, but why is that important? And then why is that important and drill down and down until they get their motivating factor. Um, And then when you have that, when you have that goal, In place which is a strong reason like for me was my grandkids I had babies on the way I wanted to be able to to play with them and to look after them and Mm -hmm. I knew I couldn't so once you have a really good goal then you're able to have something that you're focused on and then when you reach for the foods that you know you shouldn't have doing some journaling is so powerful just to sit down and say, okay, why, what feelings am I having? What is triggered? First off, what has triggered me to want to eat? Let's say, let's say it's ice cream. What's triggered me to want this ice cream? And then you think about what's going on in your mind. What are you thinking about? What emotions are you feeling? Write that down. And then, is this food that i'm going to eat is it going to get me closer to my goal or farther from my goal and it is it going to satisfy whatever need it is that my body or my mind wants and when you really when you really think about it i'm sad so i'm going to eat a tub of ben & jerry's but when you're done that ben & jerry's you're still sad mm-hmm. you still haven't dealt with it And when you can start realizing that, that is a huge mindset shift in in and of itself. Um, Oh, there was something else I was going to say. Oh, just totally slipped my mind. It was about eating the Ben and Jerry's. (laughs) But even recognizing, um, if I eat this, I'm going to feel this way. Like, not even just emotionally, you're going to be disappointed in yourself when it's all said and done, and then you're going to be sitting there going... Why did I eat this? Mm -hmm. But you're also going to feel gross. You're going to feel bloated and heavy. The scales aren't going to say what you want them to say. So journaling about that, is it going to get me closer to or farther from my goal? Why do I want to eat this? What am I really trying to work on? I know what the other thing was. Sometimes when there's some emotional something going on, something very stressful going on, really what we need to do is step back and relax, which Mm -hmm. I, I, that's what I love about your meditations. It's an opportunity to sit back and relax. But sometimes we equate relaxing with food. Mm. So I had a client had a very stressful day and she normally doesn't eat meat, but she stopped at McDonald's and bought two burgers on the way home. And so we were talking and I said, what was happening? She goes, Oh, I don't know. It was just a stressful day. And I just bought them. And I said, Okay, what did you do? When you ate them? I just sat on the couch, and I did nothing. And I said, Okay, but what would you have done? Had you not brought the burgers home? And she said, Oh, well, I would have done this, 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 and this. And I said, So really, what you wanted was permission to relax. Mm -hmm. And that was just a game changer for her. Mm -hmm. Because then she was like, oh my gosh. And then she said, I hate you.
0: (laughs) You know, it's so funny that you say that because a lot of times our emotions overtake us to a point where, like you say, we need to be validated in some type of way when it's okay to take a break. It's okay to relax. It's okay to take time off. We owe that to ourselves because it's like, we're just always running around and we don't ever really take the time for ourselves, caring for others, working, doing whatever task it is that we do that we feel guilty yeah. if we take a time out and so we do something to ourselves that kind of makes us feel even more guilty <laughs> to yeah. make us know that you don't deserve that break and you know it it's it's something that a mental effect. And, you know, a lot of times, even right now with the COVID, I've seen so many people that make posts and say, I've got COVID weight and I'll be glad when this is over because I'm just sitting here eating all day and it's nothing for me to do. Well, there's a million things that we could be doing. You know, I am so thankful that we do have this time and I've had time to be with my children and have them at home. And so, every day or every other day, the girls, they like to do little exercise workouts and different things. And I teach them mindful breathing. And so I just let them know that I don't care how much exercising you're doing. If your mind isn't in the right place and you don't know how to breathe and you don't know how to condition your mind to understand why you are doing this, you know, because if you think you're going to get done, then go in there and eat a big meal and then go work out. No, you can't do that. You've got to have balance and you've got to have a mentality that understands what it is you're doing and why you're doing it. And so I think when we have alone time and we're by ourselves sometimes, you know I I like to say the enemy will get busy and come and creep in and tell you things that you know aren't true, but it's the validation. And so you buy into that and you allow yourself to get lost in that moment when in reality, when that passes, you are gonna feel guilty again. And so, that's what helped me to actually lose weight. Because like I said, I never even thought about it. It never was a big deal. My aunt, she would always be like, you know, fat and fabulous and big girls have the most fun and all this and that. And you know, and and it was cute and all, but it didn't feel good. And the day I realized it is when me and my daughter went to the mall and I couldn't breathe. And I've always been pretty athletic. I can run and I can play games and sports and I can keep going, but I had no momentum. I just was like huffing and puffing and I couldn't breathe. And I'm just like, this isn't working. And I told you before, you know, when I was getting married, I was all excited about losing weight. But soon as something happened after that, when I lost my uncle, it started all over again because it Mm -hmm. wasn't a consistent thing. I wasn't committed. I just wanted it for the right now. But now I have this little six-year-old that, oh my God, I'm only in my 30s and I can barely breathe. And what is she going to do if something happens to me? And, you know, I've never had high blood pressure or sugar or you know diabetes or anything like that. Thank God. But I was at the verge that I'm obese. I'm five three and I am obese. And so if I don't do something now, but what is it? It doesn't matter. I've tried diets. I've tried this. I've tried that. But the only thing that helped put it all in place was getting my mind in order. And Mm -hmm. so talk to us about, you know, the mental steps and the mentality that you took to actually get your mind in the right place to actually be able to do what you needed to do. Because you said it it took years. It took you go falling and going into the hospital. And, you know, all of these things have transpired before you finally it didn't matter what happened. But before you finally decided that, hey, I've made up my mind. This is what. I need to do help help us understand what that looked like.
1: Well, yeah. So after the incident with my knee, um, I started doing more research, which led me to health coaching. And at first, when I started health coaching, it was all about the diet and eat the eat the healthy foods. Here's how to portion your plate. Use a smaller plate. That's what it was all about to me. But as I started working on myself with other mentors, And then working with clients, more and more, I was realizing it really didn't matter what we ate. Um, You can follow any diet, but if you don't deal with the mindset, you're going to gain the weight back as Mm -hmm. soon as something crops up and upsets you, or the scales don't show the way you want them to. And so you give up and you go binge and, and then you just fall into this hole. So more and more I started realizing it was mindset. And when I was able to start figuring out why I was reaching for the food, realizing that the food represented love and comfort to me, because that's something we did as a family, when I could separate the two and realize, okay, holidays, it's all about family. And when I started thinking back on all the holidays, I didn't think about, oh, yeah, remember back in 1990, we had a cheesecake. Like, mm. I don't remember any of that. What I remembered was the time that we spent together. Mm-hmm. And I can go, okay, my oldest was two years old. So, yeah, there's here's where we lived. Here's what we did that Christmas. Here's who we, we did Christmas with. It didn't matter what food we had. Absolutely. And so that's a big part of it. Um. And I I do a challenge, uh, a monthly challenge. And that's what we've been focusing on is mindset. They all think they're coming to get the diet. Yeah. (laughs) But the diet is only going to last a week. And then they're going to start to sabotage. Mm -hmm. And then they come to me and go, okay, um, yeah, I haven't been showing up. Yeah, because it's sabotage. Let's figure out why you're sabotaging. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's a fear of, of losing weight because if you've suffered from any abuse, then that weight is a protective barrier. Mm -hmm. And that I realized that was for me as well. And I thought if I'm heavy, nobody's going to come after me. Nobody's going to be inappropriate, which really wasn't true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It still happened. (laughs) Um, But what I had to do is realize I'm not that little girl anymore. I'm not that teenager. I'm not that adult. I have grown so much over the years. And I've replayed scenarios over and over in my head where I'm able to say, if this were to happen again, this is what I would do differently this time. Mm -hmm. And that helps me feel empowered and makes me stronger.
0: That is awesome yeah so now tell us about your program and what you do how you help others and how it's impacted your life as well
1: oh gosh it just uh, coaching i realized when i learned when i went to school to become a health coach i realized this was something i've been doing all my life i just didn't know that it was called coaching Mm-hmm. People automatically would come to me and ask me for advice. Or one day I was sitting waiting for my tires to get changed, and this little old lady started telling me all about her life. Mm-hmm. All I did was smile. And I yes. <laughs> I said to my husband, Well, I met this lady and and I knew her whole life. Yeah. So health coaching for me is just it it brings me joy. Um so Originally, the program was Ditch the Diet because I was teaching them how to just eat healthy foods, how to portion it. But then it it became Eat, Energize, Abide, Transform. Energize is just a 25-day program that helps that helps women change their habits because it takes 21 days to create a new mm-hmm. habit. Um, and when you start showing up for yourself more and eating more of the healthy foods, your hormones start to balance out. And when the hormones balance out, you start having more energy. And this is what I find by the end of the 25 days, the women who have showed up every day are going, Oh my gosh, I have so much more energy than I had before. So then the next step is a pie. And I, I love the, Abide is being able to persevere and to remain faithful and to just keep pushing through. So abide is the second step, the the next level. It's a three month program and it's more of a a mentorship. And here's the cool thing.
0: It takes 21 days, (laughs) 21 days. I'm sorry. My phone keeps doing something weird over here. Can you fix that for me? It just keeps going off and it won't stop. (laughs) I think people are putting comments and it's coming through my phone. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because I've got the screen different over here. But every time somebody pushes something, it blows up. So you're getting good feedback. So continue, continue. (laughs) It takes 21 days to create a new
1: habit. But. It takes three months for that new habit to become second nature. Okay. And I used to think, okay, I, I've done this for three weeks. So why have it, have, hasn't anything changed? Well, because I didn't persevere for that three-month period. So the next level is a membership where it's a three-month program. And they can check in with me every day. I check in with them. They have messenger support. We, we do a check in every day to say, how did everything go? Uh, what struggles did you have? And it's really cool because you can nip the self sabotage in the butt right away. Where in the 25 day program, sometimes they, because it's, it's more of a self guided, program. Mm-hmm. So they can slip off track. But with abide, they have the mentorship, they have me showing up every day saying, "Okay, how was your day? How was your eating? How was your exercise? What struggles did you have? What went well? And that's something that's really important to keep in mind. Um, I actually created a calendar that I use with the girls, and I encourage them to write down something that went well every day. Because chances are, at the end of the month, if I say to you what went well, you're not going to remember what went well. You're going to look back and go, "Well, on this day, I ate this, and I did this, and I did this wrong, and I did this wrong," and you don't realize how many good things you did. So, if Mm -hmm. you can start keeping track of that, that helps you feel confident because then you. Is that part
0: of the journaling, or is that just something separate? Um, well, the
1: journaling, I do the journal prompts, uh, in the 25 day program. And also they have the journal in the other, in the abide as well. Um, but the calendar is something separate. They can do it in their journal or they can do it just on the calendar. I like the calendar because it's all, it's all one, like all the the squares, it's the whole month. And if you just write one thing at the end of the month, you're going to look at the calendar and see that visual of, holy cow, I did. 30 good things this month. And that's empowering way more than looking back and thinking of all the bad things you did.
0: Yeah. And it's sort of like a positive affirmation of reaffirming of what you did that day. And like you said, when you look back over and go, because a lot of times when we write stuff down, we don't even realize what we wrote until we go back and look at it. And then it's like, wow, I did that. And so that's amazing how you help to transform, not just the weight loss, but the mindset. And so, you know, I commend you for that because it's hard and and it takes a lot. And especially when you do it on your own, but we know with God, all things are possible. And he was your guiding and leading force to bring you to where you are now. And so, you know, what would you tell women that are in a place and they don't know where to start? What can they do right now, you know, to make a change?
1: The very first thing, even though it's not all about the food, the very first tangible thing that you can do is start eating from a smaller plate. Okay. Our dinner plates are huge now. And then, so if you get a set of dishes, okay, that small plate, that used to be a saucer. Like when I was a kid and we got a set of dishes, the small plate was just like a, a saucer, like one that you put your coffee cup on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the luncheon plate, and then the dinner plate. Yeah. Well now, there is no saucer. You just got this big plate and then a bigger one and then a bigger one. And so typically we eat off the dinner plate, which is way too much food. So eat off the luncheon plate and you're automatically going to eat less. Um and only have one helping. Get into okay. the habit of saying no thank you. And then So many times women say, well, I got to get groceries first. I got to get all the right food. I got to go buy the fruits and vegetables. No, you don't. Start with what you have, whatever you can do. If you can't afford this week to go buy all the fruits and vegetables, then don't. Eat less of what you have at
0: home. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because a lot of times people go, it's too expensive to eat healthy. It's too expensive to buy the good stuff. And that's why I can't lose weight because I can't afford it. So what you said was good. Start where you are and eat less, but eat more. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. If
1: you're going to eat more of that, that healthy foods. Um, Now, like I said, when I first started out, I was eating every two to three hours. Mm-hmm. Because my body needed to be able to trust me again. My hormones needed to balance out. My sugars needed to balance out. But now I eat three times a day. I don't need the snacks because mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm just burning the food properly. It's going through properly. I'm absorbing the nutrition, which is something, um, if you're in a stressed out state, your body cannot digest because you're either in mm-hmm. the fight or flight freeze mode or digestion mode so if you're stressed out and you sit down to eat let's say you're you're arguing with your kids and you're sitting at the table and you're like and you're eating your body is shutting down as mm-hmm. far as digestion goes so automatically that that is going to fat stores so use a smaller plate start where you're at and do some deep breathing before you eat to fool your body into being relaxed okay um and then take smaller bites to your food your saliva has digestive enzymes which is meant to break down your food so if you allow the saliva to do the work then when your food gets down into your stomach now your stomach can absorb the nutrients instead of trying to digest that big ball of food that you've just eaten think of a blender If you put a huge piece of fruit in the blender, it takes a long time for it to blend. But if you cut it up into chunks, it's done in no time. And that's the same as our body. So smaller plate, relax by some deep breathing, chew your food, and then try and take 20 minutes to eat your meal and sit at the table.
0: Yes. Do you recommend certain times of the day that you should have these meals?
1: Um. It's best not to go more than four to six hours between meals. So I just do my breakfast, lunch, and dinner.
0: Okay. Um, Go ahead. Do you recommend a time that you shouldn't eat after? Like a lot of times people say, well, I don't eat after six o'clock or nine o'clock. Or does that matter?
1: A lot of people are really into intermittent fasting. um, But when I was a kid, we never had a snack after dinner. So, we did unintentional fasting. There is a, a, a point where your body starts to metabolize food, metabolize the food that's in your system more. And so, if you can try not to eat after dinner and wait until breakfast, then that helps your metabolism. It helps balance it out, balance out your hormones. But okay. it, it doesn't have to be something that um, is rigid. So, if you're hungry, then eat. Yeah.
0: So, don't starve yourself and don't deny yourself. Just watch your portions and think about it. Be conscious and be present in the moment. Because, like you said, when I noticed my habit of just eating without thinking about it, I became conscious of it. And at that point, I was like, I didn't even realize what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what just happened here? You know? And so, but at that moment, when I became conscious of it, I was able to change that direction. But sometimes we don't know. And so it's so great to have a support system, to have someone that can be there and coach you through it. And like you say, call and say, hey, I just want to give you a boost and uplift you. You know, that means a lot because sometimes mm-hmm. we need accountability partners and it's hard sometimes to do it by yourself. And I, you know, it makes me think of God in the beginning when he said, you know, it's, it, it made him sad to see Adam by himself. And mm-hmm. so he created a woman to give him a helpmate. And so with that being said, it doesn't matter. We all need some type of help. We we can't go at this thing alone and we need support and we need people to encourage and uplift us. And I think if we had more of that, we would be better. We'd be more healthy. We'd have more healthy thoughts because We wouldn't be thinking about the negative things and thinking about the stress that's going on in everyday life because you've got somebody that's smiling, telling you how great you are. And not that you need to have your ego stroke, not in that aspect, but someone that is just genuinely loving, caring, Mm -hmm. saying, hey, you're my friend and I want the best for you. And I'm going to hold your hand until you can walk alone, you know. And so thank you for being that support system and for Mm -hmm. taking your life and using that to help others because sometimes we will be ashamed or we will hide and we will deny the gifts that god has given us and so god bless you for using the gifts and the talent that he has given you to help someone else have a long healthy life and then in turn they'll help someone else and so i don't know if you've heard but it says each one teach one and so if we all teach someone something we plant that seed Someone will come along and water it. Someone else will come along and help it to grow, you know. And so, just do your part, and and God bless you. So, how do people get in touch with you? How do they find out how to work with you? What they need to do? Where they buy your pro, um, your products or your program? How do they get your calendar? All that. Tell them. Let us know. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, you can contact me on Facebook, Kim Kenny, my business page, Kim Kenny, my personal page, Kim Kenny. I answer both of them. I also have uh, a free weight loss group. Ditch the diet and eat. Energize, abide, transform. Um, So there's lots of resources in there. And then if you wanted to work or to even learn more about the programs that I have, Energize right now is my favorite. The the 25 day program. Oh, it just (laughs) you can tell. Like it just it excites me because I see. So much change happened in just 25 days. So if any of the programs um, appeal to you, you can reach out to me through Messenger or you can join the free group, whichever whichever works for you. Now I do journal what I eat. Yes. And you know what? Uh, One of the journals I have is uh, a food mood journal. And I often get my clients to start with this one because then they're able to write down what they ate and then start recognizing foods that make them feel tired or bloated or upset, weepy, crying, <laughs> angry. Um, and then they can start recognizing the, the different foods that affect them negatively. So that's very, very helpful, yeah. Shirley.
0: Yeah, Shirley's gonna come and talk to, to my group about her story. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I just love this network that we are involved in and and with technology right now. I say there's no excuse for us to not be able to have resources and to be able to reach out. And some things that I can help people with, you can send them my way and things that I can't help them with. I can send them your way because, you know, weight loss was not my thing. It was the mindset. And so Mm -hmm. I know that my mindset is what helped me to lose the weight. But as far as teaching someone how to lose weight through their mindset, I can help them to get their mindset in the right place. And then you can help (laughs) (laughs) to to do the rest of it. But I mean, there's so many different moving parts to our lives and we anything Mm -hmm. that we can do to make ourselves better, you know, we should try to do that. And so I'm so thankful that We're able to have different platforms that we can come and we can celebrate one another and we can talk about the things that we have went through and the things that we've overcome and how we can help others to do the same. So thank you for having a servant's heart. Thank you for being willing to tell your story. And again, your testimony is what heals you. And, you know, God does heal and and we have to believe in sometimes (laughs) we (laughs) may not believe, but somebody else believing enough for you. Yeah, that can make all the difference in the world. And yeah. so now you're that person that can do what, for you, what someone did for you, for them, what they did for you. And so we just thank you and appreciate your time that you've taken out today to be on here to let others know that whatever they're going through, whatever challenges they're having, it doesn't have to stay that way. And, and they so, don't have to do it alone. Not at all. So thank you. We know that Kim's out there. (laughs) Kim Kimmy, you guys, she's out there. She wants to help (laughs) you to energize, abide and um, transform, transform. And so energize, abide and transform so you can eat to lose weight. Don't starve yourself. Don't eat because it comforts you, because eventually it's going to turn into something that's non comforting and then it might lead to something else. But know that there's always someone out there that can lead you in the right direction. And if that person isn't the one that can help you, they may be able to just point you in the way you should go. So thank you all again for joining today. Um, later on, we will have another segment with author Marwan Strong. So we ask you to come back and join us for that later. If you need to get a hold of Kim, you can also get, um, to her on my website, there's a link there and you can click on that link and it'll take you straight to her. And she's got so much good information. She's got some great groups that um, you can be involved in. And the the ladies are very loving and encouraging and uplifting. I've not seen anybody (laughs) say anything negative at all. So it's a no negativity zone. So thank you, continue to um, keep encouraging. And again, everybody out there, no matter what you're going through, always remember, You were created with a purpose. Have a blessed day. Thank you. Thank you. Don't leave me.